Well, hello everyone. Welcome to Straight from the Heart. My name is Steve Child, Senior Pastor at Chartel Church of God, and this is my weekly devotional that I enjoy so much sharing with you. Uh, as you come online today with me, be sure to put your name in the comments. Let me know that you're tuning in. Love to hear from you guys. Just to know who's joining me today. Uh, as I get started, a couple of things I, I want to share. Uh, one, I want to say thank you for those of you who have been tracking with me on Sundays uh, with my sermon series that I'm doing called The Journey to Freedom. I've gotten a lot of great feedback on that. And just a lot of, uh, of, of uh, just emails and texts from people that uh, are really feeling like this is an area that God is really helping them in. And, and I just want to encourage you, if you're uh, struggling with things that you just can't seem to shake or things you can't seem to get over, things you can't seem to be uh, get beyond, if you feel chained, shackled, trapped, stuck then this series, The Journey to Freedom, is for you. And um, if you're not a local part of our, our ministry here at Chartel, uh, you can track with us every Sunday live at 9 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. Uh, Central Time, or you can always go back to our church website at chartelchurch.org and follow along on those messages. But really want to just encourage you, God created you for freedom, and I hope that you will walk in the fullness of that life. And uh, if there's any way that we can help you along the way on that, please be sure to, to let us know. Uh, just a special shout out and excitement for our uh, Chartel Church of God uh, congregational members. Um, you know, we're trying to move through this COVID thing, and we're so excited to announce that the Oklahoma City is allowing its mask mandate to lapse this week. So beginning this Sunday, uh, masks will be optional for us here at Chartel. If you'd like to wear a mask, you're welcome to, uh, but it will no longer be required. Uh, we will be opening uh, the sanctuary, taking down the ropes where we've divided the pews and all of that. And uh, so you can social distance yourselves as you would like to see fit. But, um, but again, uh, no need to wear a mask unless you want to wear one. And uh, all of the things will be kind of fairly wear back to normal. And big, big news around here for our people was that also beginning this Sunday, uh, we're going to be uh, starting up with coffee and donuts again on Sunday morning. And I know that's always a treat for everyone. So again, this Sunday, uh, starting at 8 o'clock, we'll have coffee and donuts available. We're so excited, uh, just welcoming everyone back. And uh, I hope that you can join us live and in person. Uh, I know I look better from a distance. So if you're watching online, uh, I, I know that's true for you, but we would love to see you. We have missed your smile. And uh, we love being able to see your face, see your eyes, see your smile. So I hope that you'll join us uh, this Sunday uh, for that. Um, the last few weeks, I've been uh, talking about uh, this topic of when God makes you wait. And this came to me uh, out of writing a devotional on Psalm 3320, which says, We wait in hope for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. And uh, that verse really just... Spent, I spent a lot of time really processing that, just thinking about what it means to wait and that fact that, you know, in life we have to wait and with God we often have to wait. And the question is whether or not, whether or not you will wait because you will at some point. The big question is how will you wait? Um, I thought of it again this morning. Um, I was on the phone with the Social Security office uh, as I was uh, I pulled up our social, my Social Security account 
and saw that they had some misinformation there, and I was trying to correct that, and I had to call the National Social Security Office and was on hold forever, and then was, had to call the, they directed me to the local Social Security Office, which I was on hold forever. But you know what, as I, as I was waiting for them to come on to the phone, which you, you know as well as I do, it just takes, you know, lots and lots of time. I had my computer out, I was sitting there on, on the bed, I was working on, uh, I was responding to emails, I was uh, checking Facebook posts, I was doing all kinds of stuff on my computer while I was waiting. And the, the, when, when you know how to wait, the waiting is simply easier. And that's what I've been talking about. I, I talked about in the first part of the series a couple weeks ago about why God makes us wait. And then last week I talked about how not to wait. And I talk about, you know, the fact that we, you know, we, we whine when we wait and whining just feeds that negativity, makes things worse. I talked about the fact that we, we worry when we wait. And uh, then I, t I talked about the fact that, you know, we also try to, uh, you know, force God's hand and we, we try to, you know, do what we want while we're waiting. And, and just all when we do that, we, we mess things up. And, uh, and I want to talk today I want to talk about how do we bring hope to our waiting. Let me go back to that verse. We wait in hope. Here's, here's my big, big idea to you today. Do, when you wait on God, are you waiting in hope? Is, is it hope that's filling your heart or is it an anxiety that's filling your heart? Is it hope that's filling your heart or is it impatience that's filling your heart? Is it hoping in God that's filling your heart? Or are you feeling motivated to want to take control of your own destiny? And, um, and so I, I spent some time asking, how do we bring hope to our waiting? How do we really learn how to rest in that hope? And I thought of a few things. Maybe these will help you. You ready? Here we go. The first one is we, we bring hope into our, our waiting uh, by learning to rest on God's promises. By learning to rest on God's promises. Now, you know, many of us through our years um, have, have had people who make promises and then they don't keep them. Uh, people who are, say that they'll be there for us and then they're not there for us. People who you, you know that you can ask to do something and you know when you ask them, there's maybe a 50-50 chance they'll actually follow through. And you have people like that. I have people like that and we know who they are. But there are also people that you know when you ask them to do something and they agree, they're going to do it. You have people in your life that when they say they're going to be there at a certain time, you know what? They're going to be there at a certain time. You know who those people are. There are people who they follow through on what they say. Their promises, their word is their bond and their promises are something that you can stand on. And you know what? God is the ultimate example of that. Uh, last night, uh, the devotional I wrote for la last night that went out today uh, by email and on my Facebook page was the idea that God makes bold promises. He really does. He makes these huge, bold promises. And you know what? You can count on those promises. You can rest in those promises. When God says what he's going to do, he will do it. Um, I love in, in Joshua 21, 45, as Joshua was reflecting, he, here's what he says, and I just love this. He says, not a single one of all of the good promises that the Lord has given to the family of Israel was left unfulfilled. 
Everything he had spoken came true. Let me read that, that verse again. Not a single one of all of the good promises that the Lord had given to the family of Israel was left unfulfilled. Everything he had spoken came true. Joshua says, God has walked with us for a long time. And every single thing that God said he would do, you know what? He did it. Everything that he said he would fulfill, he fulfilled it. That's who God is. You can bank on his promises. Psalm 18, 1830, it says, the psalmist says, God's way is perfect. Listen to this. All of the Lord's promises prove true. He is a shield for all who look to him for protection. If you are waiting on God, and, and you find yourself struggling a bit, one of the things you can do to, hope, uh, to help breathe hope into your heart while you're waiting is to go back again and begin to reflect on the incredible promises of God because you can bank on his promises. And that kind of ties me to a second piece. We bring hope to our waiting by reflecting on God's character. By reflecting on God's character. In, in other words, who is this God that you're waiting on? Who is this God that you're waiting for? What, what is really his nature? What is his character? What is his heart? Um, let's do a couple of these verses. Psalm 33, 4 says, For the word of the Lord is right and true. Listen to this. He is faithful in all that he does. Faithfulness is not just a description about God. Faithfulness is a part of the essence of the character of God. It is who he is. Yeah, and it, it comes out again and again through scripture. Psalm 86, 15. He says, but you, Lord, are a compassionate and gracious God slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. I love it. You are a compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. Compassion is not just, again, uh, a character, uh, a description of God. It is his nature to be compassionate. Um, love is not just a description of, well, God is kind of a loving kind of guy. No, no, no. Do you remember what First John says? God is love. It's a part of his nature. It's a part of his character. One of my favorite verses, Lamentations 3.23. He says, great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh every morning. You know, whenever you, in your waiting on God, begin to fear, or you begin to doubt, uh, or you begin to feel anxiety, uh, developing. Here's what you can do. Not only think about the promises that God has made, but think about who it is that made these. Look at me. God will never lie. God will never deceive you. God will never tell you something that's not so. His word is right and true. You can trust his character. You can put your hope in that. Um, you can also uh, bring hope uh, to your waiting by just remembering God's works and wonders. Uh, I mentioned this to our congregation not long ago. 
Uh, why it's so important to pause from time to time to think about what God has done is because if you ever forget what God has done, it's, you'll stop believing what God can do. And one of the things I, I would encourage you in, in your waiting on God as you're, as you're praying and you're waiting for God to answer or as you're seeking God and you're waiting to see what he's going to do, just pause for a moment and, and just look back and just ask yourself the question, how, did I, how have I seen God work before? When did I pray before and God answered? When, when did I need God and I found him there? When did I ask God and he opened his hand to me? When did I need a door to be opened and God opened that door? When did God provide a healing, provide a job, provide encouragement, provide help, provide resources? When did God deliver me? When you can look back and you can identify those times, put markers on that and maybe even sit down and begin to make sure that you put those down because when your heart begins to Feel with uh, fill with doubt, and it begins to fill with worry and anxiety and all of that kind of stuff. You can pull that out, and you can look at that because the enemy, again, the enemy wants to discourage you. He wants to distract you. He wants to to keep you down in the mud. But God wants to breathe that hope, and a part of the way that we breathe that hope into our waiting is just remembering what God has done. Because when I remember what God has done, I can look ahead and go, God can do this now, because he's already done it before. Uh, Psalm 143.5, Psalmist says, I remember the days of old. I ponder all your great works, and I think about what you have done. Now, just again, hear my heart. Look at me for a second. In your waiting that you've been doing recently, have you been doing more fretting about what you're afraid is not going to happen? Or have you spent more of that time pondering and thinking about all that you've known God has already done? Tell me where your mind has gone. And I can tell you what's filling your heart, whether it's fear or whether it's faith. Habakkuk 3.2. Habakkuk says, I have heard all about you, Lord, and I am filled with awe by your amazing works. In this time of our deep need, help us again as you did in years gone by. You know, I, I had the, the good fortune and blessing of growing up in a family of faith. And my, uh, my dad was just a, a, a great man of faith. And he was just a really hardworking man, but who uh, very simple in his ways. But he he loved the Lord dearly. He took God at His word. And uh, I remember as I was growing up, uh, my dad uh, was constantly telling me stories of his own growing up years. Uh, his father was uh, a machinist who was also uh, an itinerant evangelist who did some preaching and singing and all that kind of stuff. And my father was one of 16 kids growing up. And he would tell me story after story of, of how God provided food when there was no food there and how God kept a car functioning when the car should have been falling apart and, and how God provided money exactly when he needed it and, and how God answered prayer again and again and again. And, you know, and as I was growing up, even, even before I had my own stories of God's provision and work in my life. My faith growing up uh, was always standing on the stories that my father told me. Uh, this is why it's so important to, to share with other people what God has done. Because what God has done for you, sometimes 
becomes the platform that other people can stand on. Uh, it can become the rock that other people rest on while they're waiting for God. Um, you know, because when I was growing up and, and, and as I would uh, begin to cry out to God for something um, and I didn't have my own stories to draw from, I would remember some of the things that my dad said. And, and I could remember, you know, as I would cry out to the Lord thinking, Lord, if you could do that for my dad and you could do that for his family, you can do this for me. Pastor Steve, how do we, how do we really uh, bring hope into our waiting? Well, we do it by, by resting on God's promises. Um, we do it by reflecting on God's character. And we also do it by remembering God's works and wonders. I'll give you a couple more. A another way that we bring hope into our waiting is by surrendering our will to God's sovereignty. By surrendering our will to God's sovereignty. I'm going to ask you a question, and I'm not trying to, trying to be facetious. I'm not trying to be silly with this. It, it's a really important question. Um, and it's one that you really need to answer deep in your heart. Do you believe God is smarter than you? <laughs> I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be funny. Do you believe God is smarter than you? Because you see, that's what surrendering to God's sovereignty is all about. God, surrendering to God's sovereignty in a situation is truly understanding that this God that I'm crying out to, who loves me and is going to answer, he's smarter than me. He knows better than me what to do. I, uh, I really kind of a, a, a funny example of this. Um, my uh, grandson, Maddox, who's 10 years old, uh, is, has come to learn to love to play table games, uh, which is really funny for a 10-year-old in the 21st century because, uh, he, yes, he has a computer and he has a visual reality headset that he plays with and all that, but he loves to sit down with me and Wanda and he loves to play table games. He loves to play Monopoly. He loves to play Life. He loves to play Aggravation. He loves to play Uno. And he loves to play Yahtzee, which if you ever played Yahtzee, it's a dice game that you roll five dice and you have to decide what to do and you get three rolls to do it. Well, what's interesting is Maddox, as we've played, um, he, he, he watches what I do. And now, as he's seen that I'm, I'm pretty good at, at, at knowing what to do next with, with that, what to, what to try for, not to try for, Maddox will roll and whatever he gets on the dice, he'll look at it. And he'll go, hmm, and he'll, if it's not obvious what he should do, he, he'll look at me and he'll say, Grandpa, what do you think I should do? And I said, well, I don't know, Maddox, what would you do? And he goes, I don't know, Grandpa. He says, what would you do if you were me? And I would say, well, if it were me, then I would do this. And what's so funny is Maddox says, then that's what I will do. And I thought, what a great example of, of a kid who, uh, again, knows that I'm a little further down the road, that I know a little bit more about what I'm doing. He's seen enough of my own success in playing this game that he trusts my decision. Even, even when sometimes the decision doesn't work out the way that he wants to do, he still trusts my decision. And I thought, would that we would have that kind of faith in God where we would truly, in our heart of hearts, truly in our heart of hearts, believe, you know, God is smarter than me. I can trust him to make this decision, which is why, again, Jesus taught us to pray, not my will, but your will 
be done. I love Psalm 31.5, the, the psalmist prayer. He's what he says. He says, into your hands, I commit my spirit. Jesus' prayer from the cross. Into your hands, I commit my spirit. Deliver me, my Lord and my faithful God. What if our prayer in our situations, whatever it is we're waiting on God for, would be, Lord, into your hands, I deliver my spirit. Um, Mark 13, 46. This was the prayer of Jesus. Abba, Father, he cried, Everything is possible for you. Please take this cup of suffering away from me. Listen very carefully. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. I want your will to be done, not mine. And Jesus taught us it, it's really okay to pray for what we want, to ask God for what we want. Let this cup of suffering pass from me. This is what I want but not my will, but your will be done. If you believe that God really is smarter and you really do believe that he loves you with all of his heart, then you can have hope. You can put your hope in his sovereignty. Let me give you one more. How, how do we bring hope uh, into our waiting? We, we bring hope into our waiting by recognizing our final destiny. By recognizing our final destiny. Really important question. What do you believe is going to happen to you after you die? Now, why that's so important is, um, you know, ultimately when we're waiting on God, some of us are in situations where, you know, we, we don't know what's going on with our health and we're, we're praying and we're asking God to heal and we're, we're asking God to extend our years. We're asking God to do all of this. Or maybe we're praying for someone else and we're asking God to heal them. We're asking God to extend their years, all of that. I, and, and all of that is, is, is worthy of asking. All of that is okay with God. All of that is blessed by God. But here, please, again, hear my heart with this. But here's the deal. Here's what I know. Ultimately, no one makes it out of life alive. Ultimately, we all die. Doesn't matter who we are. We all die. But what happens after that? Because if you really have assurance in what happens after that, you can pray with hope because you know that no matter how this turns out, it all turns out okay. Listen to what Paul said. This is from Philippians chapter 1. Paul was imprisoned for preaching the gospel. He had no idea what was going to happen to him. He didn't know if he was going to get out of jail. He didn't know if he was going to be put to death. He didn't have any idea. But I want you to, I want you to listen to what he says in Philippians 1, 21 to 23. It's from the, New Living, uh, from the Living Bible. Here's what he says. He says, for to me, living means opportunities for Christ. And dying, well, that's better yet. But if living will give me more opportunities to win people to Christ, then I really don't know which is better, to live or to die. Here's what he says. Sometimes I want to live. And at other times, I don't. For I long to go and be with Christ. How much happier for me than being here. Now, look at me. Do you believe that? Do you believe that on the other side of death there is a life so much better than this? If you do, then you can always have hope. Because the ultimate worst that this life can do to us is, is death. 
And for those of us who walk with the Lord, death isn't that bad of a deal. Does that make sense to you? I know all of us have to wait on God. The difference is, how will you wait? My prayer for each one of you today is that you will learn the art of waiting in hope. That you won't worry, that you won't fret, that you won't whine and complain, that you won't try to do God's job and take control, but that you will trust God and that you will hope in him. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you today for your goodness. I thank you for the way that you have um, given us through your word uh, such great nuggets of truth that we can hold on to. Uh, Father, today, I pray that for each and every person who's watching this, that, Lord, that you would have your hand upon them. Many of them are in your waiting room right now, and, Lord, they are crying out to you. They are expecting you to answer, and waiting is not easy, Lord. Uh, sometimes we get uh, anxious. Sometimes we, uh, we get worried that maybe you haven't seen us. And, God, today, I pray that you would help us to remember these things that we shared, that, Lord, that we can wait in hope that you have great promises that we can stand on, that you have an, 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 an incredible character that we can count on, that you have deeds that you have done that we can remember and, and base our faith on, that you have a sovereignty and a wisdom that so exceeds ours that, that we can trust that. And Lord, when, when life has done everything that it can do to us, we have eternity to look forward to. Paul said that for me to live as Christ and to die is gain. Lord, I pray that you would breathe that kind of hope into our hearts today. Lord, for every person in your waiting room today, I pray that you would bring peace and comfort and faith. In the precious name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, thanks for being with me today. So glad that you were able to join me. If any one of you would like uh, copies of my notes from today, you can just put that in the comments. I'll be happy to email those to you or ship them via Facebook. Uh, if you have any questions, anything that I can help you with, please feel free to private message me and be happy to pray for you or encourage you in any way that I can. I'll see you next week right here at noon on Wednesdays for Straight from the Heart. God bless you. We'll see you soon.